VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And friends, we do thank you for joining us on Crosstalk today. Ladies and gentlemen, the numbers are simply off the charts of children dealing with gender dysphoria. And many in the counseling or medical community are all too willing to promote puberty-blocking drugs, hormone drugs, and bodily mutilating surgeries. A recent report out of the U.K., indicated over one-third of children on puberty blockers were experiencing worsened, worsened mental health. LifeSiteNews.com has reported on disturbing new data from the Canadian Institute for Health Information showing hundreds of minor girls in Canada have had their breasts removed in the past five years under the guise of treatment for gender confusion. The Washington Free Beacon reported that Planned Parenthood is helping teenagers transition after nothing more than a 30-minute consult, doling out prescriptions for estrogen and testosterone, including to special needs kids. Some practices defy biology. These practices are defying it. A male can never turn into a female. A female can never turn into a male. Well, the American College of Pediatricians has launched a new biological integrity initiative with the goal of exposing the dangers of transgender procedures on children. Joining us today, we welcome Dr. Jill Simons, Executive Director of the American College of Pediatricians. She's a board-certified pediatrician and is in private practice in the Minneapolis, Minnesota area, also a professional staff member of the Children's Minnesota and Mercy Hospital. She served as Chairman of Pediatrics for Mercy and Unity Hospitals from 2005 to 2008 and helped establish the hospital's NICU and pediatric trauma programs, was voted top doc by Minneapolis-St. Paul Magazine and 2010. She's also a fellow of the American Academy of Pediatrics and has been a member of the section on developmental and behavioral pediatrics, as well as the section on bioethics. Dr. Simons is also a member of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. And uh, Dr. Simons, thank you for joining us today here on Crosstalk. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'd like to begin by defining our terms because uh, there is just a, a rash of boys now identifying as girls and girls as boys. And before we get into the main issues, help us understand when when you speak of gender dysphoria, what do you mean? Sure. So gender dysphoria means that um, a person is uncomfortable um, being the sex that they are. And it can be from a variety of reasons, for a variety of reasons. Um, but that's simply what that means. Okay. Oh, and what is causing the literal explosion of gender dysphoria in our culture today? Why now so much confusion? Well, that that to us speaks volumes that um, this condition, gender dysphoria, that was relatively um, rare, unheard of, and mostly affected biological males, uh, has now exploded, um, you know, in some places um, on the order of hundreds of times uh, what, what we used to see. And it's also, instead of affecting males, we're now seeing it in teenage, uh, biological teenage girls that are complaining of gender dysphoria. And we are also seeing, uh, it seems like a cultural shift. I mean, uh, the, the schools, uh, the, the, the media today, social media in particular, how is this contributing to the problem? We think this is a, a big contributing factor, uh, social media in, per, in particular, and um, it's, it's because a lot of these kids suffering from gender dysphoria, uh, the underlying issue is mental health problems, whether it's anxiety or um, depression, poor self-esteem. A lot of these kids have had traumatic life events happen to them, whether it's abuse. Um, and many of them also suffer from autism, um, things like that. And so these kids are looking for, one, an explanation why they don't feel comfortable in their body, why they don't fit in, and they're looking for a group uh, that they fit in with. And so what, what now um, has become, uh, it's just a catch-all term for all this, is gender dysphoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if you're not feeling comfortable in your body, you're not feeling quite right, you must be transgender. And so um, that's what's happening to these kids is they've 
it's become a catch-all phrase in a way for, for many mental health and other problems. Yeah, and, and, and to kind of be in uh, with others, I mean, that that is kind of the becoming the new norm um, in, in that regard, which is not a new norm. It's not normal. Uh, th- there are uh, many so-called trans- uh, transgender interventions that are being used today, but I'd like to ask you, what happened in yesteryear before all these interventions were employed? Did we just have a whole lot of mixed-up youth? Sure. You know, um, Dr. Quentin Van Meter, he's a, um, our recent past president of the American College of Pediatricians. Um, he's a pediatric endocrinologist, and he will say in his career, you know, he never, there were never hordes of children coming to him with gender dysphoria. So it definitely is a um, recent phenomenon created by culture, by society. Um, and, you know, so in, in the past, um, when kids, go through puberty, like all of us, it was not a comfortable experience at some point, all of us will admit. And rather than teaching kids that it's okay, that that's normal to feel uncomfortable, um, or, you know, you don't have to fit the stereotypical boy or girl. You can, you can do things that are outside those stereotypes and still be a boy, still be a girl. Um, instead of encouraging kids to, to do that or to love themselves, they're telling them, there's something wrong with them. You're born in the wrong body. You're transgender. And that is just the worst message we can be giving our kids. Hmm. With us today is Dr. Jill Simons, Executive Director of the American College of Pediatricians. Uh, so one of the interventions that are readily dispensed are puberty blockers. Uh, what are puberty blockers? How do they work? So puberty blockers have been around for a long time, and they are used uh, to treat medical conditions where puberty starts early. Uh, it's called precocious puberty. So a child, um, you know, at the age of five, six, even younger, can start to have a surge in hormones and start the puberty process. If, if, that, if we don't intervene in that, a child will um, end up with health problems such as um, short stature, sometimes fertility problems, uh, other emotional problems. There's lots of things that can happen um, if we don't slow down that puberty, if we don't block that rise in hormones um, to normal physiological levels. So those are how they have been used to treat conditions. Um, Now puberty blockers are being used um, to block the normal onset of puberty, meaning the normal onset of puberty hormones and the effect on the body in an attempt to keep a child in an immature state. Uh, And there are known dangers to these giving these medications. Um, there are also many unknown dangers. We don't know when we pause puberty for that long uh, or for any length of time for that matter what effect it can have on a developing brain, for example. Um, we do know it can harm skeletal structures, um, bone growth, um, muscle structures, uh, all sorts of things. Um, so there, you know, the other this just hasn't been studied, which, um, you know, even just starting with that, let's study these, um, let alone let's pause them mm-hmm. uh, because they're harmful. Okay, so you're saying that the use of normal, when one is going through normal puberty and then using blockers to try and stop that, that process is harmful. Right. You know, it, it, during puberty, our brain um, is bathed in all of these hormones, estrogen, testosterone, um, and it helps develop our, our neural pathways, our, um, just many things about us. And so if we brought, block those hormones, um, children don't get that. The other very harmful side effect of these puberty blockers are if they are given to uh, younger children before they've really started to go through puberty, um, and then they are placed on the opposite sex hormones in these high doses, Mm -hmm. um, they will never develop um, functional sexual organs. And so they will be infertile. They won't be able to have their own children. Um, And and that's tragic. And we see not only for young children, but now those in puberty age, they are being given another term that has been used as cross-sex hormones. How do those work? What what is the the harm from these? So cross-sex hormones refer to giving um, biological males, um, female hormones, estrogen, progesterone, those types of hormones, and vice versa, giving biological females high doses of testosterone. And, and we're talking levels that are hundreds of thousands times normal, 
than the normal um, levels that we have in our bodies. And with that, we know um, there are consequences. We see, um, you know, again, osteoporosis. We see risks for heart disease, um, cancer, diabetes. Uh, There's just a whole host uh, of side effects um, that giving the opposite sex hormones in such high doses has on people. And, and yet these medical interventions are often that, that first line of, uh, you know, that first course of action. Uh, you must be, as a pediatrician, you must be concerned by that. Oh, definitely. You know, it, it all, it usually starts with social, uh, social affirmation, so-called affirmation where uh, a child uh, who is saying they have gender dysphoria, say they, they want to be the opposite sex. You know, they encourage the family to, uh, you know, have the child dress and the opposite sex and use pronouns, use it, adopt a different name. Uh, and, you know, really those are touted as not harmful, but they really are because they set the child on this conveyor belt um, that is really hard to get off. You know, it, it sets them on that pathway that then, um, you know, that doesn't become enough. And, and then it's time to do puberty blockers and, and, and then cross sex hormones and surgery and so once they start that social transition and they're on that pathway, uh, it is very hard, especially for a child, to say, oops, you know, I made a mistake. Um, I, I, I don't want to be the opposite sex. Um, and and they're, they're reinforced that. So it's, it's, it, it, that really is harmful, even just the social transitions. Yeah, and I think that's important to underscore here because there are many who, who would claim, oh, there's no harm in that. It's just it's it, it's helping them work through this the gender dysphoria. But if one is starting to affirm uh, a biological boy is, as being a, a girl and dressing as such and uh, changing pronouns from he, him to her, she, or uh, whatever it may be there, um, it, it, uh, or even that they, uh, pronouns, et cetera, that that itself is putting them on the trajectory even toward m- more drastic action, does it not? Exactly. We know that, and there's good studies on this, that if children are supported through puberty, uh, you know, normal puberty, um, given counseling if they need it for underlying health problems, you know, family support, that uh, upwards of 88% of girls will, will, that gender dysphoria will resolve. And 98% of boys, that gender dysphoria will resolve. And they will be comfortable in the biological sex that they are. So we're talking about treating kids um, who the vast majority would just outgrow uh, and so it just doesn't make any sense. And are there any long-term studies on the medical interventions for gender dysphoria in youth? Or is everybody just in this great grand experiment right now? It is. We're, we are calling on organizations and FDA to, to put a stop to these. They're really experimental treatments. And um, there are some good studies, not good studies, but some studies coming out that are, um, you know, evidence-based, uh, especially out of the UK and Europe where they've, they've got a little bit better data um, on their population. And that's why we're seeing countries uh, like the UK, like France, like Finland, like Sweden, stopping these uh, gender clinics and the programs for children we're gonna, um, because they are seeing, seeing the data. We're going to need to take a quick break here. Dr. Jill Simons is our guest today, Executive Director of the American College of Pediatricians. And we're talking about gender dysphoria today and the Biological Integrity Initiative. More about that after the break. You're listening to Crosstalk. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris geologist and president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, do creationists say that the biblical flood laid down all the fossils? No, we don't, Chris. Now, we do think that the flood of Noah's day is responsible for most of the fossils in geologic strata, but certainly not all. We talk about a time of residual catastrophism after the flood, which included the Ice Age. During this time, a lot of fossils were formed. Ice Age fossils would typically lie on top of the flood fossils, which came earlier. Now, of course, there are some fossils being formed today in minor catastrophes, minor floods, minor tsunamis, but these are of local extent, not like the fossils in strata from the flood. Chris, the biblical story of Noah's flood is absolutely essential for a full creation understanding. Let's go back to Genesis and get it right. Thanks, Dr. Morris. For more information, 
you can find us on the web at www.icr.org. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Dr. Jill Simon's with us today, and uh, we're discussing gender dysphoria, the Biological Integrity Initiative. By the way, she is executive director of the American College of Pediatricians. Now, some may be shocked saying pediatricians are speaking against uh, using these interventions. Uh, Give us a word about the American College of Pediatricians, if you would. Sure. The American College of Pediatricians was founded about 20 years ago, um, it was actually founded by um, a former past president of the American Academy of Pediatrics uh, and several others who were seeing that the AAP was drifting away from science and doing what is best for children and starting to follow some political ideologies. Uh, and so they started the American College of Pediatricians based on doing what is absolutely best for children and uh, listening to the science and the research and also um, involving the members. And so members of ACPs vote on all our position statements, everything that we put out. Great. And um, uh, let's mention the, give the website right away for your organization, if you would. Yep. So acpeds.org is American College of Pediatricians. Okay. Again, friends, that's acpeds.org. Uh, for the American College of Pediatricians. We're talking about gender dysphoria. We're talking about the, the, the treatments that are so readily gone to uh, today, the interventions, uh, uh, starting first with uh, chemical, uh, medicinal uh, inter- interventions. But, uh, Doctor, as you know, there are many that are also going down the pathway of surgical interventions for gender dysphoria. And uh, address that issue for us, if you would, because there we, you know, the battle is happening in a number of states right now to allow this for uh, minors. Others saying no for minors, but yes to adults. Uh, talk about surgical interventions and and uh, just your take on that uh, that uh, method of dealing with this issue. Yeah, the surgical uh, interventions are really barbaric and awful. Uh, you know, when you when you start to take off healthy body parts and create things um, that are really not functional, uh, you're committing that patient to a lifelong medicalization. They're going to have to be on medications. They're going to be having to have surgeries to deal with complications and problems uh, because their body is trying to heal and um, recover from something that isn't natural. Uh, so it's really... It's it's really awful, and we speak with a lot of detransitioners who have gone through this, and the pain and the suffering that they're going through uh, really um, is not is not getting the attention um, that it deserves. Or you know, when children are uh, when they're led to this path of surgery, you know, it really it's not informed consent. These children, their brains are not developed; they are not able to make these kind of life altering decisions. Um, and so it, it really is a form of child abuse. And and sadly, uh, we are seeing the regret that is happening, the, the, the regret of trying to change one's gender sex. Uh, they are, uh, you use the term detransitioners, and we're seeing... Uh, an escalating number of lawsuits that are now coming from uh, from individuals who have said, listen, I was too young, just like you mentioned your doctor, I was too young to understand the concept. Uh, you know, at the moment, it sounded so good, and, and in their brain, they think this is going to fix everything, but now realizing their their body is mutilated for life and bringing action, legal action, against the physicians or systems that actually brought about this the, these types of surgeries to them. Right. And, you know, this will end. This, these harmful procedures will end. And, you know, it may end because of our legal system and um, because of lawsuits like this. Um, insurance companies are not going to want to cover these anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, it, but how many children is it going to take before it gets there? Yes, right. And it also saddens me that it, it takes that legal action, lawyers, rather than physicians to stand up and say, wait a minute, this isn't, this isn't medicine. Um, and so I hope that happens before we get to the point um, where our friends in the legal world uh, shut this down. You know, I'd like to, to address another aspect, too, because so often parents have been told 
it might be from a counselor, it might be from even a, a physician, that unless you provide these interventions, uh, the, the chemical interventions or surgical interventions, your child is at risk for suicide. And uh, the, the materials I've looked at from your website indicate, though, the suicide risk actually escalates if they do undergo these transgender interventions. Could you comment on this aspect of suicide? Because parents are often scared into going down this, down this pathway. Yeah, and and this is horrible that this fear-mongering tactic is used, you know, because parents just want to do what's best for their child, and they're looking to doctors to give them that uh, information and that guidance. Um, And it's just not true um, that uh, if they don't do these treatments that uh, they're going to commit suicide. You're exactly right that there are studies that show um, when you look at um, further out and long-term studies that the rates of suicide uh, are higher amongst um, people who've gone through these procedures. Um, and so, you know, more, needs, more light needs to be shown on that aspect of this, uh, that it, it, these kids do not need um, chemicals and surgery. Um, they need support and they need mm-hmm. good mental health and a family that will support them through that. Now, some will argue, doctor, that, okay, so you need to support them by using their preferred pronouns or, or you know, to cater to their, their interests, the, you know, the social measures that you, that you mentioned uh, previously. But yet again, that's putting them on a wrong course. And we're told unless you do these things, you know, they're going to be more suicidal. And so you have to be affirming. Your warning as a pediatrician that one should not be affirming of, of the dysphoria. Correct. And our new website, that biologicalintegrity.org, does have information for parents uh, as, as far as what to do if your child comes to you with this, yeah. um, what you should say, therapists you can go to. Um, because, you know, if you think about it, um, you would never tell someone who is, you know, falling for delusion, or we use the example of anorexia, you know, you don't affirm their image that their body is is wrong. You know, you you support them, you help them appreciate their body, uh, you help them feel comfortable in their skin. Um, you don't support a lie. You don't um, you don't reinforce that. Uh, and so, you know, I think most people are doing this because they think they're being kind. They think they're um, being kind to that person, but it's really a form of cruelty um, to not help them understand what's what's happening. Now, and I'd like to just kind of go back and talk about your website here because there there are times in which a child comes to a parent uh, to say, hey, I think I'm, I, I was born in a wrong body. And other times a, parents have no idea they're going to their school guidance counselor. We've got two different tracks here. But let's talk about that parent situation because parents feel so ill-prepared on what to do. And, and so sometimes they'll make an appointment with their pediatrici- uh, pediatrician. Uh, so let's comment about your website because you actually have help for parents in this regard. Right, absolutely. This is... Uh the reason we created this website is this was the number one thing we were getting calls and emails about every day. Um, you know, which pediatrician can I go to? What do I do? Um, looking for this kind of help. And so um, you can go to our website. You can learn for yourself. Um, it doesn't take a, a doctor to understand these facts and, and the common sense, um, you know, of what is right to do. So you can go to this website, learn all about it, learn about the harms, learn the research if you want. There's even fact sheets to print out. Um, we also do have a, a, a place where um, if you are looking for a pediatrician or just as importantly, a, a counselor therapist, um, that you can, you can submit a form and we can help connect you um, with a physician um, or a therapy group that is going to support your family and your child and not put them on that dangerous conveyor belt uh, towards um, uh, the trans, transgender treatments. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the website is biologicalintegrity.org. That's the site we're speaking of, correct? Yes. Biologicalintegrity.org. And uh, friends, uh, there is uh, much helpful information on all of these issues, but they go much greater in depth uh, on these matters. And, and uh, one of the things you pointed out, because oftentimes a parent, really doesn't know where their pediatrician will will stand on this issue of, you know, is my pediatrician going to go down the path of hormonal treatments or, or, or suggesting surgery at some point in that regard? But through your website, you've got those that, that you have, in essence, cleared on this issue, have proper understanding of, of this topic? So we, um, we have an internal database of um, our members um, who, who support um, biological integrity, 
Um, and so we can we can connect parents uh, to those pediatricians. Okay. And again, the site is biologicalintegrity.org. Uh, doctor, you're, you're, I'm sure, also aware of the battle that's going on in schools and in, uh, in counselors, uh, states where children are getting guidance, uh, counseling, even interventions without parental knowledge or consent. Uh, in my opinion, this is outrageous. It is. And we also have a, a section on our site for teachers and schools because, um, you know, especially if you're a teacher in a school that um, is, you know, doing the transgender affirmation and, and you're feeling outnumbered, um, these can be good resources for you uh, to speak out. But we, you know, whether it's the transgender issue or anything, parents should always be the ones that are in charge of their children's health care. Uh, and the decisions for them. Um, they are the ones who love them and have their best interests at heart. And so um, for schools to remove parents from this is so dangerous. Um, this is a time when children need their parents the most. Yeah. Um, you know, there are cases where, um, you know, if, if there's a home situation or abuse or that, I mean, that's different. I mean, um, those are separate issues, but um, we just we support the family. We support um, parents making decisions for their children. And friends, you may even want to inform your pediatrician about this website as well. I, I'm on the site right now. They, they have a section for parents, a section for teens, a section for physicians, one for schools, one for lawmakers, policymakers, and also a number of resources there as well. I just clicked on your teen page, and there you've got a video on on Chloe Cole. Tell us about her. Sure. She's, she's a very brave young lady who uh, is speaking out about this so that others don't have to go through this. Uh, you know, it's, it's really tragic what happened to her, but she's speaking out bravely and um, hopefully saving a lot of children's lives. Um, she's, she's putting a, you know, a face to this, um, that these are not um, benign treatments. These are not harmless things, and we should not be doing this to kids. So I hope people are listening to her, her story um, and really, you know, understanding um, the suffering that she's had to go through because of trusted adults um, that guided her this way. Yeah, and on on that, uh, and there's other videos there as well. And I I know you've got a FAQ section on here, and really address some of those issues because uh, sometimes teens think I'm going to feel safe, I'm going to feel better, I'm going to feel more healthy if I go through with the with these treatments. But uh, you address these on the on this site here and really ask some pointed questions. Are you, are you ready to be sterile? Are you ready to, to be a medical patient for life? I mean, that's really what's at stake here. Yeah, and, it, you know, I mentioned before that a child's brain is not fully mature until they're, you know, 25 or so. And so kids really can't consent to these treatments. Uh, the biggest reason they can't see... Um, those long-term effects uh, that we as adults can. And so they should not be making these kinds of decisions at their age. Friends, again, the website is biologicalintegrity.org. But I'm going to open our phone lines, and no doubt you have some questions you would like to ask of our guest here today, Dr. Jill Simons, Executive Director of the American College of Pediatricians. I want to stay on this particular topic here today as we're dealing with gender dysphoria, the the, uh, so-called cross-sex hormones, puberty blocks, Blockers, uh, the surgical interventions, etc. Uh, maybe you've been confronted as a parent with this. Maybe this is happening within your family, your school, and needing some guidance, needing some help. Uh, pick up your phone, give us a call, 800-733-9829. 800-733-9829. We'll be back in one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. The Apostle Paul's letter to the Romans is a powerful epistle proclaiming the glory of Christ, teaching sound doctrine, and giving believers boldness. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Read by Brad Canterbury, VCY America is offering an audio CD of a complete reading of the book of Romans, telling of God's amazing love. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This audio recording also reveals God's amazing gift to mankind. For the wages of sin is death. 
but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Good for yourself or to share with others. Paul's Letter to the Romans on CD. Available for a donation of $9 from VCY America. Call 1-800-729-9829. Friends, it's happening so often in schools through social media, the really convincing of one another that, uh, hey, you need to get on these, you know, puberty blockers or 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 opposite sex hormones or or and, you know, consider the, the surgery. And and sadly, we're seeing the the proliferation of those that are that are taking healthy body parts and removing them um, uh, and and uh, just to see the. Uh, like wildfire, this phenomena that is going throughout our country. Other countries are saying, hey, pulling the reins back on this, recognizing that uh, the, the the pathway they started going down is not a proper one. Friends, if you have questions on this issue, we'd like to open up our phones here today. The lines are open. And uh, taking your calls, uh, your questions, your brief comments today are number 800-733-9829, 800-733-9829. Seven three three nine eight two nine. Dr. Jill Simons is our guest. She is the uh, executive director of the American College of Pediatricians. Their main website, acpeds.org, acpeds.org. And uh, specifically on this issue, they have launched uh, biologicalintegrity.org, biologicalintegrity.org. And there you'll find a section for parents, for teens, for physicians, schools, and policymakers as well. Helpful resources that are available on this very topic. So again, our number to Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. We're going to begin with Robert in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Robert, you're on the air. Good afternoon. Thanks so much for having this topic on today. Mm -hmm. In Maryland, there's a law that prohibits licensed counselors from counseling young people in transgenderism or homosexuality, what can we do to reverse these kinds of laws that intimidate counselors? Yeah, and it's troubling. It's happening in, in cities. It's happening in states, doctor. And and uh, it, it is, uh, you can be affirming of somebody's uh, dysphoria, but you just cannot challenge it. Yeah, I'm glad you asked this question because um, the American College of Pediatricians is pushing back on this very hard. Um, you know, not only is this what children need the most is counseling and people who will support them um, feel comfortable with their um, biological sex, um, they're making it illegal. You know, they're, they're threatening these doctors and, and counselors. And I get calls every week from physicians or counselors who have had their jobs, their livelihoods threatened. Um, you know, for uh, for continuing to provide counseling um, or for not affirming these children as the opposite sex. So, um, you know, what you can do is uh, we, we've got resources on this website, the biologicalintegrity.org website, um, that you can take to your, you know, local school board, that you can take to, um, you know, if there's public hearings uh, for when these laws um, come up, you can speak out you know, just raise awareness like you are in your community amongst parents uh, th- that this is the, the last thing that needs to happen, um, and, and, and we need good counselors for these children. Thank you for the call here. Thanks, Robert. Let's go to Dave next, Sheboygan, Wisconsin. And Dave, you're on the air. Yeah, um, hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I just want to make sure that we remember that these people are not choosing this. You're born this way. There are two parts of your sexuality. One is, of course, your private parts. And the second part, equally as important, is your brain. Sometimes you're born... Okay, yeah, we're going to address this issue here, doctor. So what what he's trying to say here is that that one, you have your biological self, you have your your so-called gender self uh, in this regard. Um, and, and they're saying these two things are not matching here. Could you address that issue? Sure. Um, I'd encourage you to go to our website. We do have resources that address this. There's no such thing as, um, you know, a female brain or a male brain. Um, all, everyone is born um, 
as male or female. Uh, the term gender was actually a modern day um, creation. Um, this idea that uh, you could be a different gender from your sex, that, that was completely constructed. Uh, you know, there used to be such thing, you know, girls were tomboys. They, they liked more um, typical male activities. They weren't then told they were a boy. They were, you know, just encouraged to be a woman who likes those things. And, and because of that, we have great, you know, women um, athletes and things that, you know, maybe are more traditionally male fields um, because these women, um, you know, were true to themselves and, and, and didn't argue that. So, you know, we're turning um, these differences in personalities uh, into something um, that we have to then change a body to fit. And that just doesn't make any sense. Um, be it just from a practical point, um, but especially a medical point, you you cannot change your biological sex. Okay, so you're also saying you cannot have a female brain in a biological male body. Correct. Okay, and uh, let's go to Lily next in Tucson, Arizona. You're on the air. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to thank you both for addressing these issues and also having a resource for parents and mm-hmm. grandparents. I have five grown children married and 10 grandchildren, and I often ask them. Fortunately, they're all um, following Jesus, but I'm always asking my grandchildren from college age on down, how do they cope with these things? And uh, I will probably direct them to your website as well. I just honestly, at my age, I cannot believe that this conversation is even happening, mm-hmm. much less on radio, uh, having come from a radio background in the 90s. So thank you very much. I appreciate the work you're doing. Yeah, thank you for the call. And Dr. Yeah. Simons, I, I've not seen, you know, anywhere a site like what you've put together here. I mean, it is it is so helpful. I'd like I'm looking right now at the parents page. Uh, what can I do to affirm my young child's sex? My t- child just told me he or she is trans. How can I help my child? How can I find a pediatrician who will respect my child's biological integrity? Other questions there, too. Uh, it is, it's just a tremendous resource, as this caller is pointing out. Well, thank you for the support, and thank you also for getting um, this message out there. Uh, we know that once people hear this information, once they hear uh, the science, once they see the references, the research, uh, it's undeniable that um, that these, you know, transgender interventions are harming children, and mm-hmm. it's not the direction we need to go. Uh, the other, the other benefit of the site is that it's really brought um, several groups together. This we worked on this, but we also have many other friends and organizations that are contributing to this. And um, when we come together, we have a, la- a larger voice. We can have a much bigger impact, uh, and we can't be isolated, um, and the intimidation tactics um, won't work, because I do believe there's a silent majority out there that, um, that, it, that believes what we do, um, believes the science, uh, and, it, and the scales will tip. Um, people, their eyes will be opened, um, and by getting it out there, that's how this happens. We have Julia calling from Kenosha. You're on the air, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, my nephew thinks uh, he's a, a girl. Um, he's dressing like one. Um, he's 20 years old. Um, so this is a, a family member, and I want to talk to him, but I'm blunt. And I don't. I know that he doesn't want to have that conversation with me. So what can I do to maybe, like, calm the situation and make him realize that, He's a boy. Yeah, you know, it's a different question, um, you know, when we get into um, adults. Um, That's why, as as a pediatrician, I feel very strongly about protecting children and not um, setting them in this lifelong medicalization and and, um, and that pathway. So my advice um, is to just to to love him, um, but, you know, um, it you need to express your views and, and the truth um, because if everyone around him um, is reinforcing this, uh, then he's, he's not going to hear it. So um, that's tricky um, because, you know, you can only push so far, uh, but I just love him, love his family, be there for support. Um, but you don't need to go along with this deception. 
Um, can do that's it good. That's, that's, you just nailed it. I'm not going along with it, so I'm actually causing friction because I just I don't believe in this lifestyle at all. Mm-hmm. And I and I do love him because if I didn't, I wouldn't tell him the truth. Yeah. So that's right. the way I see it. And thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, and uh, appreciate your call. Uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota is next. Thomas, you're on the air. Uh, thank you very much for bringing this topic up, Dr. Simon and Jim. My question is, maybe with involving the litigation system, why is not this just considered medical malpractice? Hmm. Yeah, it would, seem, it would seem so that it's obvious medical malpractice. Uh, the problem has been is that um, uh, big-name institutions have... Um, adopted these uh, protocols and these treatment practices as the standard of care. They don't have research to support this. Um, These treatments were um, started, um, the history of is a long history, but um, there's a Dutch protocol that a lot of these are based on, um, and they just kind of kept reaffirming each other, and it it became standard of care. Um, This Dutch protocol was recently... Um, found to not be accurate. Um, even the authors of this study um, said that it should not be used uh, to to be making these protocols, especially for children. Um, so it's built on a built on false premise. Um, but yet, every you know these big institutions keep perpetuating this. So it takes a lot to to stop that you know momentum, that big train. But some countries have the UK, France, Finland, Sweden, they've all put a pause on these gender clinics because they're seeing that there's, there's yeah. no scientific evidence that this is helpful and that it's actually harming children. So, you know, this is how this is being won in the courts. Um, we mentioned, um, you know, several cases that are in litigation of um, detransitioners, um, but there's also, um, you know, just that certain states you can see on our website, um, you know, that the, the medical societies of that state or people have come forward with enough evidence to convince the legislation um, and the law um, to, to essentially make it medical malpractice. Yeah. Great question. Thank you, Thomas. We've got Greg next in Bloomington, Illinois. You're on the air, Greg. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm really glad you guys are talking about this today. Um, my, bio, uh, excuse me, my adopted son, my uh, youngest son, He's always had a lot of behavioral issues, and we ended up uh, sending him to a uh, residential treatment facility. And the one thing about him, he was always a boy's boy. I mean, he liked rough and tumble things. He liked sports. He played with trucks. But he's always had behavioral issues. But these residential treatment facilities exposed him to this, uh, you know, this transgender confusion and gender fluidity. And then the next thing we know, while we're monitoring him, they're pushing it onto him. And even these residential treatment facilities are pushing this. And he's, uh, he was released earlier this year from a facility, but they actually, even though we uh, told them that we are not for this, we're not for the gender fluidity, he's a boy, and they actually got him a pink girl shirt, and pink fingernail polish for a going-away present. So this is just the type of stuff that even these residential treatment facilities are, are, are pushing. So I just wanted to share that. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. for. And we're up against a break, so I'll, I'll go, go ahead and terminate your call. But I'm going to have the doctor comment on this after the break. Friends, you're tuned to Crosstalk on VCY America. And uh, on some aspects, uh, friends, there is so much more information. There are studies available on this as well. And if you go to the website, biologicalintegrity.org, write it down because there may be somebody you come in contact with who will need this. Biologicalintegrity.org, back in one minute. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Recently, Tucker Carlson gave a speech, and he declared, we're in a spiritual battle. Have you ever heard so many people within mainstream media and culture talking about a spiritual war or saying, this sounds like something from the Bible, from the book of Revelation? Well, indeed, we are involved in a spiritual battle, but how do we conduct that spiritual battle? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5 tells us, it's not by railing at demons, shouting at Satan. 
It's by proclaiming truth. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says, We are to cast down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the truth of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Real spiritual warfare is setting people free from Satan's lies. It's the battle for the heart and mind with biblical truth. Gender dysphoria? Well, folks, there's the Biological Integrity Initiative that has been launched, and uh, trust the program and topics are being helpful to you. Dr. Jill Simons is with us today. She is the Executive Director of the American College of Pediatricians. Uh, Dr. Simons, you heard that call right before the break here, and uh, dealing with uh, their uh, adopted son and and uh, sent to a residential treatment facility for behavioral issues, and, and they're trying, in essence, it seems to to convince him that he must be transgender and and uh, gave him some going away gifts that that were would try to promote their uh, continued uh, promotion of this concept. Yeah, your thoughts on what what uh, that caller explained was going on. So this is a great example of how uh, transgender has become a catch-all diagnosis uh, for any child that is struggling with um, you know mental health or behavioral health issues like this child. Um, you know, struggling, just not fitting in um, in any way, and they are given that diagnosis. I mean, you know, if you go on the definition of gender dysphoria, um, this is something that, you know, starts at a very young age. You know, the child is saying they're the opposite sex. Um, this child clearly was not doing that just from what he told us, and so you can see where it's it's just being thrown on there as a solution um, for many types of problems that are just so inappropriate. Okay, friends, we'll go right back to the phone lines here. We've got uh, Tommy from Ostrander, Minnesota. Tommy, you're on the air. Hi. Um, yeah, I'm glad you're uh, dealing with this issue today, too, same as uh, everybody else has called. Uh, my thought is that um, when you take some of these liberals uh, that are supporting this uh, transgender stuff, they know the truth. But since their goal is to reduce the population, let's just play along with them. Hmm. Thank you for your thought on here. And uh, certainly when we bring about sterilization, um, that that does impact the population, does it not, Doctor? Right. Yeah. It, you know, this transgender um, ideology, it really has become an ideology in that um, it, it really is... Um, not making any sense to us. It's not supporting basic biology, uh, and so yeah, you get a lot of a lot of these consequences. Uh, we've got uh, let's see, West Dallas, Wisconsin. Brad, you're on the air. Hey, brother Jim. Uh, the biblical God said that He made people male and female, and uh, since He knows all things, He didn't screw it up. There's no such thing as a a female with a male brain or vice versa. Uh, if you're male, you've got an X and Y chromosomes in your di- cells, and if you're a female, you have two X's with no Y chromosomes. That's the science of it. This is indoctrination. I don't even see it as a syndrome, like gender, gender dysphoria that I keep hearing about. These things are being taught to kids because kids have pliable minds, and they like attention, and they're easily swayed, but... And, you know, compared to adults. But this leads to exploitation where you've got cutting into healthy flesh for no good reason, giving them drugs, and all because it runs into big bucks. The people that are doing this stuff to kids, whether they're the, the medical people or the judges that are getting in our way, such as like, like that, these people are dirty, disgusting, and they need to be locked up. Brad, thank you for your comments. Uh, doctor, any response? Well, I, I think he said so much. Um, what I say all the time is that um, no child is born in the wrong body. Um, and we've launched a campaign along with our Biological Integrity Initiative with, you know, pictures of children that say born in the right body. And I think it just, it sums it up. Um, we are all created unique and um, we have to teach children to, to love who they are just as they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to squeeze one last call in. This is from uh, Michigan. We have Lori calling. Hi, Lori. You're on the air. Hi. Um, 
That was good what Brad just said. <laughs> um, I was going to say... I, I have... Hello, Lori. Okay, looks like we lost our connection with Lori. Um, I think she was, uh, according to our screeners, she was going to talk about some of the biological differences between male and female. There are there are many, many differences. And, and uh, you know, we're told, especially as this enters the sports uh, area of sports today, they said, well, if you just take these puberty blockers, then there's no difference between male and female. But there, there are vast differences, doctor. Undeniably, there are... Um... There are biological differences between men and women, uh, and, you know, even before a child goes through puberty, um, but, you know, when that, that process, puberty, um, there's no way that um, biological men, boys, should be competing with biological women. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Do you have any outline of these differences on your website at all, at all anywhere? Um, we do. Um, I'm just thinking what site it would, it would be on. I think... Some of the general fact sheets. Um, Might be in the ACPEDS or? Yeah, there's Teenage Brain. We have a position paper. It's a little bit lengthy, but it actually goes through a lot of the different, um, the differences between um, boys and girls, men and women biologically. That, that would be a, a place that has really in-depth <laughs> resources. Um, but that's a good idea for a fact sheet, you know, some of the mm-hmm. basic differences Great. biologically. And again, folks, uh, so two websites, that that one perhaps on acpeds.org, that stands for the American College of Pediatricians, acpeds.org, and uh, the one site that they've launched here recently, biologicalintegrity.org, where they have the section for parents and teens and physicians and schools, policymakers. Here's one on the the school section. I'm a teacher or school administrator, and a child comes to me expressing gender dysphoria. What should I do? And so they have an answer for that. I'm concerned my school leadership is pushing for gender ideology in our school. What can I do? You'll find answers for that as well. And so many other issues. Biologicalintegrity.org is the website. Uh, Doctor, we're down to just a half minute left. What What would you like to leave with our listeners today? Yeah, I, I do want to point out there is um, on the new biological integrity website those papers I spoke of the teenage brain. Also, there's more on the biological trait and about suicide that we talked about earlier. Um, they're towards the end. They're a little bit more medical, but I just want to say to all all those out there, especially my physician colleagues um, and parents, that there are good, smart people working on this to protect children. Um, and thank you for helping us get the word out. Go to this site, learn for yourself, educate yourself, um, and uh, be, be an advocate for children. Thank you so much, Doctor, for being with us today. Thank Do- you very much. Dr. Jill Simons, our guest, Executive Director of the American College of Pediatricians. And folks, when you go to the website of biologicalintegrity.org, uh, you're also going to see, click under the resources, and you'll find many, many fact sheets, publications, articles, videos, books, and other recommended resources on this issue. Uh, We don't have to live in ignorance. It's available there as a help to you. God bless you, folks. Thanks for joining us today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.